Jeff Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there! You have tuned into episode 46 of the Star Wars Archives, the Utility Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Poodoo out of it. I am Jose, aka Joxy in the Utiniverse, and with me today, the man that has slapped Oscar Isaac more than Carrie Fisher did on the first day of shooting, <laughs> which, which, which was apparently 40, the, my co host, Mr. Trevor Davey. For, for legal reasons, I have never slapped Oscar Isaac. Please, please don't sue us. I'm not sure if we can get sued for that, but yeah. you, you never know. You can get sued for anything over there. Um, so I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline page over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media and own over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. So for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs. I will do as little research as possible. And we could talk about anything Star Wars. Legends, canon, books, comics, TV, video games, even miscellaneous newspaper clippings, and hopefully keep you both entertained and informed over the next hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, as, that's part of the whole since... unscripted part is that yeah. we never really know how long these episodes go. No. Some of our more recent episodes have gone quite over the hour mark. Uh, I don't know how many we've actually done that are less than an hour. Yeah, so, I mean, we've we've not learned to keep it short and sweet, have we? I mean, I just I just enjoy your company, Trev, and then it's, it's just hard to know when to stop talking. Completely about understandable, Jose. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, on today's episode, um, Trev, why don't you let our audience know a little bit about what we're doing today? Because we have a special guest with us. We we do have a special guest. We are going to come to him later when we introduce him, but we're going to tie it into the last episode that we did the star tours planet hoppers episode as part of the big star tours crossover Mm -hmm. so we're not going to talk about today's topic overly just yet but we're still sticking with that theme yes um so and so yeah so before we get started then let's just we're just getting everything out of the way like all this other (laughs) random intro random banthapuru all those segments Uh, yes all of our segments so and i'm gonna talk go now into the (laughs) the give us money segment which is like (laughs) hey this show is possible thanks to all the people supporting us either through patreon subscriptions or getting our merch if you'd like to help us out as well uh, go get Star Wars inspired merch at utini.com slash merch and also go to patreon.com slash utini when, when you become a member not only will you get access to all of our episodes in advance you will also get a bunch of other utini member exclusives and you know by getting our episodes in advance and that means that 
everything will make a little bit more sense of when we're talking about things than rather than just getting it a couple weeks or whatever down the line. As, as um, much sense as we ever make. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so that's it. I so why don't we let our guest in and we'll do our intro for him. Perfect. All right, so today we are welcoming onto the show writer, actor, RPG game designer, and more importantly, well, um, to Trev at least, author of the Planet Hopper articles we spoke about in the last episode, Corey Herndon. Welcome to the show. Did I say your last name correctly? You did. You did. And a lot of people don't get it right the first time. I don't know why that R&D trips a lot of people up. I've gotten Hendren, Herndon is really common. One guy called me Hernandez once. I think he was confused. Um, But uh, yeah, it's... It's, I, I usually have to have to uh, tell people how to pronounce it weirdly, and so thank you. That yeah. was perfect. <laughs> well, welcome to our show, Corey. Um, is we're, we're super excited to have you here. I was not uh, familiar with Planet Hoppers before our last episode, and you know, I didn't as know this... anyone was still familiar with it. <laughs> I, well, just, I was so surprised to hear from Trev. Of course, Trev knows about all this stuff, and yeah, we. So you know, what happened right was that. We had this idea, Utini, to just have all the different shows talk about go, select a planet. And of course, Trev is like, I'm not going to select a planet. So um, he decided <laughs> to go into this random thing, Planet Hoppers, and he chose a few of them, right? And, uh, and I believe you've listened to, to it already, or you got a little bit of a preview? I listened to the, 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 the Planet Hoppers episode. Okay. I've heard your first episode... I listened to the what was the one I was telling you I was listening to the other uh, yesterday, Trevor. It was um uh, the Luke Skywalker's love life. Yeah, yeah, the loves of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, that was a good and one. I was actually that was a good one. I was halfway through your toy episode, which made me break out. Um, I know it's not video, but <laughs> my Tupperware container full of little uh, gear for uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, don't, I don't know, Trevor, if you ever uh, uh, got the uh, little Empire. I, 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 I do recognize those backpacks. Yep, and uh, the, the face mask. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> And, and, of course, the best gun, the uh, DL-44, sort of. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> you just have them in just a little I could do that all container. day, so I'll, I'll, I'll try <laughs> That's not for the to. Next yeah, I, I, I was, my, my, uh, I have two Darth Vader carrying cases in storage somewhere that I've, I've not found a good place to display, so I just try to, you know, put little things out here and there. <laughs> Sorry, Fantastic. I will. All right. Well, um, so Corey, you know, as is traditional with all of our guests, like, let's just start with the basics. So can you tell us a little bit about your like personal kind of like Star Wars journey? Like, how old were uh, you when you first like were introduced to it and all that? I'm I'm a little bit older than Trevor. I was born in 72, mm-hmm. uh, meaning if you do the math, yes, I just turned 50. Uh, <laughs> and um, I... Uh, I first remember, I mean, seeing, uh, you know, trailers on Ford on TV. I mean, I was, I was five um, and I was a huge, I was a huge Godzilla fan was okay. my, was my thing. But I also was, uh, I grew up at exactly the time when Star Trek started going heavily into syndication. Mm-hmm. And so Star Trek was also on every day. So I started getting exposed to TV sci-fi that way. And of course it was the seventies. So nobody cared about putting kids in front of TV for nearly eight hours at a time. <laughs> hey, that's still a thing. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. But I, my, my actual, um, my cousin and I, uh, my cousin Eric and I were just, we were absolute best buds and I didn't have any brothers, but um, he and I were massive Star Wars fans. And so we were always calling each other about the latest Star Wars news about, you know, whichever new action figure you got. But um, 
he and I, uh, my mom took him and me to the drive-in in, and I hope this isn't a constructed memory of one of the re-releases, but I believe it was actually at the drive-in in 1977. We went and saw the movie. Uh-huh. Um, my cousin had already seen it five times because his he had like three brothers, and so they were all his parents were always just dropping him off there. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so I remember vividly that I had to get up and I had to go to the bathroom and I missed the, uh, the, the Jarek scene, which, you know, we just called it the space chess yeah. scene back then. Yeah. And, and so, and my cousin was like, Oh my God, you missed it. It was the greatest thing. It's so funny. It's so great. <laughs> and for literally for like two years in my head, I pictured Darth Vader and Obi-Wan sitting across each other on a chessboard <laughs> and, and Vader going like, oh, move, old man. And, like, yeah. and, and I finally saw, when I finally saw that scene, I was like, Oh, well, that was a, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I um so so yeah that was that was the first time I actually saw saw it in the theater. Um, I was exactly the right age to get obsessed yeah. with it. Um, the uh, so in and in Christmas '78, uh, Eric of course got the Death Star set and all of the initial release figures. My dear mother got me all of the Battlestar Galactica figures. Oh no! <laughs> okay. I hey you know what. I still love this little guy, right? Nice. Uh, uh, there we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but that was kind of the beginning of the of the like acquisitive toy based you mm-hmm. know obsession. And then I didn't actually get into reading. Um, well, I, I read the novelizations. I think I read the first novelization like when I was six or seven. Okay. Um, and uh, I I found I think I was telling you, Trevor. I found Brian Daly's Han Solo's Revenge at the Longview Public Library in Southwest Washington State <laughs> in like 19, uh, I, I don't even know when it was published. I want to say 79. I think yeah, definitely late there. 70s, yeah. And and so it wasn't just a book that had nothing to do with the movies. It was the middle part of a trilogy. So I had no idea what the hell was going on, who Bollocks was or any of these other things. Or, or I didn't realize Bollocks was a joke. <laughs> I'm an American kid. Um, and, uh, but anyway, yeah, I once I realized that it, it it convinced me, you know, kid me that there was this whole just universe of fiction and stuff out there that was just waiting to be pulled down and handed out to us and stuff. And cause you know, you just, you think adults know everything. Right? Yeah. And, uh, and so I just, I, I got it in my head that anybody who, who made star Wars knew everything about star Wars. And, you know, so I would write letters to comic book writers and stuff. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't really start collecting, uh, I'd say, um, the, the comics the comics were my, my mm-hmm. uh they were kind of the expanded universe you know back in the day we had yeah, very yeah. little in the way of novels beyond uh you know weird incestuous uh stories about luke and leia um the uh, uh, uh the comics I, I actually got into right after empire so my first one was i want to say issue 45 the one with the it's like right after empire and the probe droid gets onto a rebel ship oh yeah and just goes yeah. hog wild and uh, uh i absolutely could not get my head around Carmine Infantino's art because I was like seven years old. I was like, why does everybody look the same? Have pointy eyebrows. Um, but, uh, I eventually got over that. And um, yeah, I really just, I, I adored those comics and I, I was, I was, I read them and reread them. And especially the, I, my favorite stretch of the run was um, pretty much from the post empire. Oh, I want to say pretty much uh, uh, the Tarkin onward, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when Dave Michelini came on, and Walt Simonson, I hope I'm pronouncing those names right. I've only ever seen them written. Yeah. Um, that that was really just my era of that book. And so uh, I, when I had the opportunity, when I eventually came to work for Watsi, to put as much of that into you know 
uh, written form as possible. <laughs> that's, 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 I took advantage of, uh, so, of, of my freelance contract and I yeah. did just that. <laughs> so, so how did that happen then? So Wizards took over the RPG license from West End right. Games in sort of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So how did you end up working on Star Wars? You were already oh, working boy. for Wizards? So, did you have it? I'm going to try to RPG? keep this short because it's, I have like my job interview answer for how I got that. I know you're way too long. But um, I, you know, I was always into this stuff. I, I, I was, uh, I have a drama degree um, in, uh, I, I wanted to be an actor. So I have a BA in, in drama from the University of Washington. And, um, but I was, so I was working in restaurants and things like mm-hmm. that, but I was still, I was still doing theater. And uh, I was doing a play with these guys, actually at my college, the grad students, and one of them was reading Heir to the Empire. And I was like, what the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's actually doing new Star Wars books. (laughs) And and then I saw them turning up on like the the checkout stand at QFC. And so I finally I finally dove in and started getting back into the the expanded universe again. at that point, uh, I know I skipped a big part here and I'm coming out of order, so I went back up. So how did I get into it? I was really into it. I was an actor, da, da, da. I was, um, uh, yes, I was doing my first office job, which was customer service for a downloadable software company in, I want to say 1995, when most people had 28.8 modems, so, oh. and didn't know anything what downloading was, so yeah. most of them thought that uh, it was fraud, <laughs> and like, so I spent most of my time calling people up and saying, no, you really did order this, or no, your kid really did order this, and you need to talk to them, <laughs> um, but uh, that uh, put me in touch with some people who did, um, who uh, did local theater, mm-hmm. and who work at Wizards of the Coast. Um, I, I ended up doing a Star Trek uh, musical I played Captain Picard for nine months. Um, so I, I come by this naturally. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, and, and the guy, the first Kirk, uh, a guy named Eric Gum, that's gum like chewing gum, um, brilliant guy. Uh, he did customer service for Wizards of the Coast. And he knew another guy, Mike Daisy, who did customer service. Was, and, and, um, and it was all this kind of interconnected uh, world, right? Yeah. And so, I was really into the Star Wars and Star Trek CCGs at that point. Um, I don't know if you guys ever played them, but uh, Star Wars CCG especially was just oh, still my favorite card game. Is that the um, the, the, I, the decipher the one? Decipher yeah, one the yeah, decipher I'm aware. One, yeah. Of it, yeah. And I, I, and, and when I was magazine editor, um, I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I, sorry, I, say, I, I was uh, freelancing. I started freelancing through some people I knew at the show uh, with Wizards of the Coast House magazine because they didn't have anybody to cover stuff that Watsi didn't put out. So they needed somebody to write about the Decipher games because they were becoming very popular. I was talking about them all the time. And so somebody said, hey, you should talk to my friend. He's an editor. And anyway, I started writing freelance for The Duelist. And I was the, I was the Star Trek and Star Wars CCG guy. And then my uh, somebody finally realized, wait, we're selling downloadable software in 1995. This is insane. Let's sell the company. And so I got laid off. And as I as I was getting laid off, I immediately contacted my editor, uh, Scott McGough, um, at the Duelist, and said, "Hey, you know, any chance you guys like have an opening customer service or something?" And and he said, "Actually, I really like your writing, and I'm moving into managing editor. Do you want to apply for my job?" <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And so I, I, uh, I, they, they, la- they almost laughed me out of the office because I wore a suit, which apparently we did not do to, to Wizards <laughs> interviews. Um, and uh, so yeah, I came in. Um, uh, I think they'd already kind of made up their mind because Scott was really upselling me. But um, so I, I was at the magazine. I, I got hired. I was at the magazines um, for a little over a year. We transitioned from Duelist to to Top Deck magazine, mm-hmm. um, and I was the I was still the I was the editor for all of the non Watsi stuff. So I still got to cover Star Wars, Star Trek, 
Decipher flew me out to tournaments and stuff, but they, they mostly nice. flew me out. There, there was another guy who was frankly a better Star Wars CCG player than me and who had actually been in tournaments. So they mostly flew me out for the Star Trek stuff mm-hmm. and flew him out for the Star Wars. But, uh, oh man, I could tell you some really unfortunate stories. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, like like a, one of the Star Trek tournaments was on uh, a, a repurposed military base in, in uh, Virginia Beach. Uh-huh. And, Oh yeah, that was the only bar was like at the bottom of the hotel, and so like the entire tournament no. was in there. So, yeah. Anyway, that is so not the point. Um, I, <laughs> I uh, where that goes. <laughs> I was there. God, oh, sorry, this is gonna be your longest podcast ever, um, or, or, the, or the most heavily edited. Uh, I, uh, I I was I was working the magazines, was having a great time. I was getting I was getting to go like to. Like I got to go down to Blizzard to um, talk to them about like StarCraft before mm-hmm. it came out. Ooh, I, StarCraft. I, I saw Planescape Torment, I think, before anybody else did, um, things like that. And because the editor would um, uh, take me around um, and say to the video game people, hey, if you buy ads, this guy will put an article about your game <laughs> in our magazine, which you're not supposed to do, but we yeah. did it anyway. Um, and, but that got me kind of, uh, you know, again, more exposure to all these other um, groups. Then uh wizards got the star wars license and as a i personally found the what happened to the ccg to be a tragedy but i also personally found it a great opportunity to work on star wars so i um i basically transferred from magazines down to rpg r&d which had just recently stopped being called tsr so i don't get to say i worked worked at tsr but i i almost did i worked with a lot of people from tsr (laughs) and 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 west end games actually uh bill slavisak was my boss um and uh, yeah, I did that for about a well, year, year and a half. God, I'm, I really should look at my resume before I answer this. But um, I I got to work on um, a lot of the initial uh, Phantom Menace era stuff. Mm. Um, I read the Attack of the Clones script six months early, so I kind of knew what was going to happen. And, <laughs> and I, I don't know if that made the movie better or worse. Um, but that's not, what we're, that's not our subject right now. Um, I, uh, uh, but then... Um, I hope it's diplomatically because they still send me royalty checks. Um, I think there was a, there, there seemed to be, especially right after the buyout, um, which had all kinds of fun economic repercussions for people who were full-time or not full-time or who had been full-time at a certain time. And, um, and you know, there were Hasbro stock options happening and all this stuff. Um, and I think there, I, I don't know if any of this is, this is all just what I suspect. I think they were um, getting some kind of headcount reduction orders because uh, after about six months, um, after the purchase, those around the layoffs. I didn't get hit, but a good friend of mine who worked on the game uh, uh, was, was let go. Uh, and then I got hit by the next round of mm-hmm. layoffs. Um, and uh, I, from what they told me, and I have no reason to, to uh, disbelieve them, um, uh, it was simply because I was just the newest guy. I, they were they were kind yeah. of going, you know, newest first because as they had, and it totally makes sense. But by that time, I had managed to get my fingers into Secrets of Tatooine, Secrets of Bamboo. Um, I ended up, <laughs> I ended, I ended up, oh God, I don't know if I've ever actually said this on camera, but you know what? It's not like Watsi's going to hire me again. Um, <laughs> uh, I edit, edited the Wheel of Time D20 RPG. Okay. I never read a Wheel of Time novel. I got 40 pages into it and I couldn't take any more of it. <laughs> and um, I I knew the guy who was writing it was fucking brilliant. And oh, sorry, I don't know what your podcast rules are for that. But, um, and, and I honestly knew he did a lot of editing. So I just kind of like skimmed his stuff and just kind of sent it on. And, and it came out great. <laughs> <Okay>. um, 
And they thought, anyway, we should get I, this guy to do some more yeah. of this. Yeah. <laughs> but the, I also, the really cool thing, one of the things I'm proudest of is I got to, I got to kind of be, uh, you know, am, an ambassador for the game when we were launching it and when we, you yeah. know, when Hasbro was putting a lot of money behind it. So we got to, I got to interview a lot of, of Star Wars people. I got to interview Peter Mayhew and then walk with him oh, back to wow. the hotel. So, so for one thing, he was still walking and, and um, I don't know if you've ever seen Peter Mayhew walk, he, he is Chewbacca just all the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and it was, I was just like walking along, you know, just <laughs> trying not to scream. You know? <laughs> just be cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, uh, 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 what am I the, um, the droids, I think I told you about this. I, I got to do the droid rules for the game. Um, and so uh, that means that the, the droid chapter in the Star Wars D20 RPG, I actually basically wrote. And it was the first really big design thing I got to do. Uh, and and it was just, uh, I don't know, so I'm still really proud of it. And I, I kind of wish um, the game was still a little easier to get material for mm-hmm. um, without having to you know go online and stuff. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty much my my experience at there. Oh my god, we're like half an hour into it, and I'm barely even to the well, freelance yet. After I left, they were like, "Hey, dude, you write a lot of Star Wars stuff. We got to do this stuff online. Do you know anything about Ayla Secura? <laughs> I think she's blue." And um, so they had me start once I got laid off, and then they started hiring me for freelance, basically. I see. So I got, um, I actually, before I got to the Plan Hoppers, I did a lot of these individual, um, like expanded universe um, uh, bits. So uh, we would do just like a, an NPC, like Ala Secura, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, or, um, uh, or a particular weapon or a particular ship or something. And I just write a little bit of blurb about it and they'd pay me some freelance. And then when the Plan Hoppers came out, oh, God, that was that was just the. I maybe the, uh, some of the most fun I've ever had doing any kind of writing, let alone freelance. Um, I, I hope it shows actually, but I, it's one of the reasons I was just so happy to hear from you guys. I, I think I told you, Trevor, I didn't, I really didn't realize anyone could even still find these. I know they're in the way back machine, but I thought I was the one who knew yeah. that. <laughs> That's kind of like, I, kind of like Googling your own name, isn't it? jeez. <laughs> uh, oh, if I ever find out who owns CoreyHerndon.com, he has not updated it since like 97. Oh. And his whole family that's on there. I mean, I don't even know if any of them are. That's. But um, going, <laughs> I'm going to find this guy. Go, going back to the actual Wizards game, I think I, sure. I've never played the role playing games. Um, I've mm-hmm. read all the stuff, but I've never played any of the games. But I, I, I know that the D20 game was actually really successful for Wizards, wasn't it? They're stepping into some mm-hmm. big boots. And I think. Am I. Am I correct in saying that it's actually kind of more fondly thought of for its game mechanics than the West End Games D6 rules were? I mean, I, I can only say for myself, this is uh, this is uh, this is embarrassing to admit, but I never really played the West End game. Okay. Um, I, I know the CCG was hev- drew, heavily drew from it. And so, uh, but I, I just didn't really have a lot of friends who played RPGs um, yeah. early in the 90s. We were mostly card gamers and stuff. Um, I uh, But after I got there, I ended up... Um, with, the Wizards free tables used to be just the most spectacular, like bounty of game material sometimes. And I think it I think it was Chris Perkins was getting rid of his old West End stuff. And I was the first one to get to the table. And so I just I just walked out with stacks and stacks of, of West End source material that I unfortunately had to get rid of when I moved because I just like it was all too heavy. Yeah. Um and honestly I wasn't really using it that much. But um but the the D20 game was made by a lot of the same people. Like I said, Bill Slavisek, who was yeah. like, I think the lead designer on, on the WEG game, uh, was, was my boss and ran the whole you know department there. Um, and if the mechanics are remembered fondly, I suspect that might be because they were basically third edition D&D. 
And if I may toot our horn for a moment, they are also the basis of Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Uh, which is based on Star Wars D20, which is why there's feats and skills and and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah. So it's it's legacy remains <laughs> in, so, in those games. <laughs> so if you were you were more of a of a card gamer, I know that you've you're also involved in with like some Magic the Gathering like. Writing. Yeah, yeah. I wrote. Yeah, I wrote um, my. I haven't. I haven't had the the good fortune to write any uh, Star Wars novels. Although I know a couple of people who have. When I was there, uh, there was this guy, this editor, a friend of mine named uh, Jess, who uh, really wanted to get me. Uh, he really liked my writing. Really wanted me writing fiction for them, but mm-hmm. there just wasn't anything open. So uh, after Hasbro bought us, Hasbro was gonna. Um, whatever I signed is probably expired by this point. Uh, Hasbro was going to launch a book and uh, uh, IP thing based on the. Uh, the vividly um, uh, narrative-driven game uh, Centipede. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, hey, it does have a story. Uh, but it was it was this whole thing where, I don't know if you remember C23, also had kind of a similar thing where it was like post-apocalyptic, insects have taken over. It's like that Elvis Costello song. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, the idea is that there's this kid who can control, you know, some weapon that they found that can fight the centipedes and everything. So, uh-huh. And it was going to be a choose-your-own-adventure book. So I actually signed a contract to write a centipede choose-your-own-adventure oh book. I outlined it. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know if I still have the outline. And <laughs> and I sent it in, and the other came back and stand. And probably for the best said, you know, they've decided to scotch this idea. Yeah. Uh, we're just going to um, – but he said, but I'm going to keep you in mind, and, uh, you know, something comes along. And then, uh, and then it did. They needed somebody to write the third book of the um, Mirrodin trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and – Oh, and oh, sorry. Before that, they had uh, they had a line. They, they were going for this like um, kind of the the Mac Bolan, uh young male adventure reader kind of thing with third edition D anD. d So they they had we had a house uh, pseudonym T H Lane, and a bunch of us wrote books under this name T H Lane. Mm-hmm. And so my first novel was actually uh, the second book in that series called, and it was called The Living Dead because I'm obnoxious. And <laughs> uh, uh, but it was about a, a, a I think it was a white. Um, uh, that was also a sorcerer or something. Anyway, but the point is, we, we were supposed to feature the D and D iconic characters yeah. too. They were really trying to wrap some, build some story around and stuff. And so I had uh, Miley the Wizard, and the Ranger and the Bard, <laughs> which actually was great. I just wrote in like you know like Lando basically. Um, and, uh, 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 yeah, it was really fun. And then yeah, Magic. I wrote. Uh, it was called the Fifth Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, oh God, Will Jess, if you're hearing this, please forgive me. But I didn't really read the second model. Um, I didn't have time. We were we were all writing at the same time, and like we were like sending drafts back and forth, yeah. and there was so much to do. And I, and uh, so I kind of. I knew the outline, I knew the story, and so I kind of winged it from there. Um, but that was enough to get me brought in for Ravnica, which is the thing I did most yeah. of. I actually did a lot of IP development on that, and I wrote those three books, and uh, and then I co-wrote some stuff with Scott McGough for Lorwyn, and then there was a whole thing with uh, it was, we, we basically got taken off those books eventually, and then the line was cancelled, but yeah. I don't think it was our fault. <laughs> um, I, I think uh, it was more like, they, they had a deal with a, God, I'm going I'm, I'm talking about stuff I don't really know expertly, but I, I know that they, they had a deal with a larger publishing house and it, it may have been like the numbers that were going to them mm-hmm. looked different to them and they looked to Wizards, whatever the case, Scott and I don't write those books anymore. But I did almost write a Gamma World book uh, <laughs> for the, uh, I don't know if you can see, I've got some Gamma World stuff up here. Um, 
when fourth edition D came out they tried to relaunch gamma world which is a post-apocalyptic goofy animals mm-hmm. setting like with talking penguins and stuff and every few years watsi tries to relaunch it and it, it face plants but um so i i was supposed to write the third novel and i wrote two drafts and it was canceled uh. <laughs> the line was canceled for gamma. um so i haven't done a lot of novel writing since then i um but i i moved from there um when i left watsi and I, I did a lot of freelance for them i also worked um I, I helped uh, create all the, the content at xbox.com. And so I, I really started heavily going hard on the Star Wars video games. Yeah. And so I, my first year there, uh, it was Scott McGough again, and I, we were, we were together there too. And um, we were able to assign our own work and stuff. So I just assigned myself KOTOR for a couple of months. <laughs> and I just played it many, many nice. times. That and Morrowind. Um, and uh, uh, so somewhere in the Wayback Machine, you can probably find way too many articles about Knights of the Old Republic uh, by me. Oh, okay. um, and uh, yeah, I, I still love the game. I think I'm playing it on my iPad right now, actually. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think I'm on Dantooine. I always get stalled out when I get to Dantooine. So, I mean, w- with writing like dif- different novels and all that, I mean, when you went to write these like Planet Hoppers and, mm-hmm. and these sorts of games, I mean, and coming up with game mechanics, I mean, had you written for like games specifically before this happened or was it just I had, more? I had done some, I, I, it was uh, based on the, the editing I'd done, which also involved design basically, because you got yeah. a, a, an RPG editor, at least a tabletop RPG editor has to check the math, has yeah. to also be a mathematician, especially with something like D20. And um, God knows I probably didn't get it right all the time. Um, but uh just simply simply doing that checking stat blocks uh working with people like jd weicker and rich redmond and uh jd wrote secrets of Tatooine, and i still mm-hmm. love his pod his pod racing rules i actually used them in a game a, a couple of years ago and, and it went over really well um and so uh, by the time we got there i kind of felt like i i there was something i could do pretty uh i don't want to say easily but i the the technical part of it i had done enough of those other freelance articles and and work on the droids rules. Uh, there was there was enough of the the there was enough design and writing in the editorial work that uh, it didn't feel that uh, unusual to be doing. Okay. Um, the thing that felt there were two things that were that were really cool and also unusual is that one they told they this was around the time that uh, I guess we call it legends now, but at the time where they just said you know what it's all canon <laughs> if we if we if we decide it's canon sure it's all canon um and so you ended up with oh and trevor i just the first time her name appeared i swear to god and i called her shira because i read it and i hear it out loud uh, uh that her last name was spelled b-r-e-i and so i have always pronounced it bry <laughs> and i know it looks like the cheese i didn't even realize it was a cheese until much later very small town um so many but, cheeses in star wars yeah. you got that yeah. got the um, ricotta, ricotta. yeah so, i yeah. mean there's, there's, there's been <laughs> instances on this show where i've tried to say a word that i've only ever read and i might have read this one word for 20 40 mm-hmm. years and it'll be the first time i've ever said it out loud and as you say it you think that's not right <laughs> yeah, or, it happens or, to me like i'll be watching jeopardy or something or or yeah it happens to me all the time um or i we 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 like watching a lot of uh, uh, we, uh, game shows, <laughs> like a lot of uh, UK and Australian game shows. Actually, they're yeah. better than the US game shows. And uh, so we've been watching a lot of uh, different versions of the Chase. <laughs> and I swear, the, all the different pronunciations you can hear, and Australian uh, Chase as well, for all these different terms. Um, I'm I've I don't 
I, I do voice acting as well, but I don't do accents well, but I'm trying my best to develop an Australian <laughs> accent and it keeps slipping into New Zealand and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's like, I hear people say things that I see written in, in uh, especially dialect things that are, that are in UK or, or Australian English more specifically. And I think they're pronounced one way and they're not. And somebody told me once, and I'm, this is a cliche really that, uh, you know, that means they're, that if somebody pronounces something wrong, it means they've at least read it. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so yes. you know, give, give them a little credit. But yeah. I, I, will, I will. I will never not say Gamorian, whereas I'm pretty sure everyone else says Gamorian. Gamorian. Yeah, Gamorian. It's, yeah. it's always Gamorian for me. It always well, will you know, be. Well, you'll clear that up. But, um, the sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, oh boy! Uh, right. I'm, right. I'm trying to think of all the, like I, you know, ours. I called ours ours The I'm not. I don't know if it would be ours or ours. I also didn't know that that was a way to say ass <laughs> at the time. I also didn't realize that either. My, my Eric and I used my my cousin we used to actually we would we would perform that issue at each other. Uh, yeah. in particular <laughs> well, and i was i was i was usually ours well talking about well yeah now that we're, we're back on, on on this like i mean how did you come up with the concept of like just planet hoppers in general and and all well that? I, I didn't i didn't write all of them first okay. of all i want to be clear i i there if, if you see one that doesn't have a goofy usually punny subtitle sure um that is that is not me okay so i think um, um i think maury mullins wrote the maury mullins yeah you. He, so he, did he actually started living them. for okay stuff yeah. um, and i know they did some they did a few later that i, I don't actually know who wrote those maybe Owen, uh, eric eric kegels um, oh eric kegel oh god he's great yeah i love eric he's uh he's a really good guy but the later um, ones were more just stats and background no no yeah, fiction yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I i i really told myself a lot there. i and i wish i i mean the reason i don't i don't know if they would have kept going i think i told you i was actually working on a kashik I used to say Kashik, but it's Kashik. Kashik, right? yeah. <laughs> Kashik. There you go. Someone uh, uh, and, and I swear it used to have fewer Ys. Um, the uh, I, I was I was uh, I was working on on a Kashik uh, one that was going to be very. Um, I, like I said, I was playing a lot of Kotor. It was very heavily influenced by the the Kashik uh, chapter story there with all the uh, power struggles, the Wookiee power struggles going on in that game. And uh, at least one of them I was basing on Hamlet. And it was just, it's so stupid. It sounds, in, in retrospect, I really regret not pushing harder to do this, but it was just a point in my life where I had book deadlines. I had Star Wars deadlines. I was like, I had a day job that was taking me all over the place. And, and um, it just kind of, the, the, the development cycle kind of, kind of started stretching out. And they were starting to think that they were going to start moving away from these anyway. And eventually we just kind of put the kibosh on it and, and it sort of ended. Um, I, uh, I, I, in, in retrospect, I mean, you know, I was in my early twenties. I, uh, I was oh, wait, early twenties, eh, late twenties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was 30 by the point I, thought I left actually. <laughs> I, was, I was starting to do the math there. I'm like, but, Hold but on. I still, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, so I was, no. <laughs> you said you were born in. <laughs> no, no, I was born in seventy. Um, uh, but I'm sorry, I forgot what the question was at this point. I lost track. Um, it was more I, about how you, you came into the pla- Planet Hopper. Oh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And what you wrote so, itself, like, was there a brief or were you like they I, just was, told you um, write whatever it, you want? They, they essentially said we've we've had you know more. Moria is gonna. It's either that they. 
they either wanted someone else to try it or Maury, I think it was Maury was moving on to a different project mm -hmm. or had different freelance work and he wasn't going to be able to do it anymore. And, um, and you know, I had, I had left and they, but I still had friends there and I think they, whether they wanted me back into it or, or they just needed somebody who could hit the deadline. Um, I had been doing those, those EU. So, but, so they knew I could, I could produce for the website too. Yeah. Um, and then they said, it's all canon. And then they said, you can write about whatever plans you want, as long as we sign off. And, and the, the key part of the all canon thing was that I knew all of these were being reviewed by uh, either Leland or, or uh, one of the other folks at, at Lucas. Mm -hmm. And um, the, uh, the holocron, you know, so they had the, the original holocron, the, 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 what, what the, the Wikipedia of Lucasfilm, if yeah. you will. Uh, they had access to that. And so they checked everything. And so uh, everything that got published had been through them. And so I I kept pushing as far as I could into the Marvel stuff to just kind of see how far they let me go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Like, I was kind of surprised they let me do uh, uh, some of them, like like Zeltros. And then, and then obviously it wasn't all Marvel stuff either, right? I there was I was really into the Wraith Squadron and, and uh, Rogue Squadron books. Wraith more than Rogue, to be honest. And uh, and so yeah, I got to I did the Starfighters of Adamar, uh, which is uh, notoriously or infamously which... on this show, possibly <sighs> with the gun to my head, possibly my favorite <laughs> Legends book because it's just it's just hilarious. It's Thank it's a so it's much. a buddy movie, and. <clears throat> It's just a great like Aaron Alston yeah. is a Aaron, genius. He's like you know, bless him. He was so so kind. Um, I had met him at Gen Con a couple of times, I think, and just you know fanboyed out over him and told him how how much I liked his writing. And um, when I was working on these, I just I had his email address because you know we talked and and so I took a shot on emailing him and saying, hey, I'm I'm writing this thing about Adamar. Would you be willing to just just take a look and make sure I'm not totally you know, blowing this thing. And so all of that that you saw is Aaron Alston approved. Oh, that's um, amazing. That's he, really he cool. actually, yeah, he was, he was so cool. Um, and I, uh, yeah, a really great loss uh, for the Star Wars community and just, you know, just everyone really. But uh, uh, yeah, his, 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 his stuff absolutely inspired me um, as not just like for Star Wars stuff, but just as a, as a, a novelist, really, as a writer, I mean, I used to read a lot of his stuff and, and uh, him and Terry Pratchett. <laughs> yep, I've got a big history with Terry Pratchett. Um, okay, so um, so you've you've already shown that you're a massive reader and you're into the comics and all of that stuff. So you obviously took a lot of inspiration from from all of that stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you talked you talked about running wild with some of these <laughs> Marvel things. So when you when you um, say, for example, uh, when you were dr drafted to write another one of these articles, did you start with, oh, I'd really like to follow that comic storyline? Or did you start mm -hmm. with a planet and work backwards? I They said, tell us what planets you want to do. Uh, I, I don't think they ever actually made any, maybe they made some specific requests later, but they definitely let me pick the first one. Because I don't know if anybody, but maybe you or me, are that familiar with Belmore, Trevor. Um, it's, yes, it's a it's a one shot from uh, the first The Last Jedi, uh, Star Wars yes. number forty nine. Is it? I think uh, I, I it's it's but it's, it's oh come on, I'm disappointed myself. My absolute favorite issues. <laughs> I put it in the in the the Planet Hopper. I just don't have it up right now. But um, they they uh, yeah they really did leave me. I, I kind of would just send them these are the planets I want to do. Does that sound good? Um, and uh, yeah, with Velmore. It just that that has been 
one of my i mean it's not even written by the regular guy it's a guy named mike barr who wrote a lot of other um marvel comics and stuff um it's not part of the regular continuity or anything like that it's almost a shakespeare story really it, yeah it's, it's very shakespearean and i just love it it just it was so it was just so cool i thought it was just like undercover luke acting like a pirate is just is just amazing and you hadn't seen, <laughs> what, you hadn't what, seen anything like that this? in 1982 uh it's it's a uh, one of the marvel uh, comics is called the last jedi and uh with an exclamation point and um it's uh it's about the last jedi is that a musical yeah too? there's this yeah. uh, <laughs> um you know what? I'm not going to go dig in the stuff right now. You know what it is. <laughs> uh, uh, but the, the the idea is that there it's it's the period um, where there are two main concerns: finding Han, which you know Lando and Chewie uh-huh. are worried about at at this time, and finding a new base, which Luke and Leia are focusing on. And um, so you know they're they're out looking and the and uh, in a Y wing that has like more space in it than the Millennium Falcon for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> which I always wanted <laughs> to to actually get into continuity. Um, and uh, they they basically have to negotiate with this kind of fancy uh, uh, Renaissance type planet um, for who are really wealthy yeah. uh, for resources or a base or you know something like that. Just trying to make friends. And um, of course, Luke, they get caught up in all this intrigue. There's uh, yeah. there's disguises. There's uh, there's romance. This is pre uh, revelation of Luke and Leia being sister or sisters. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I mean, you know what I mean, siblings. Siblings. And thank you. Uh, <laughs> And so, you know, there's a little bit of that going on. Um, but the, the main thing is that there's just this tragic story. The guy who, uh, the, the alien, who, or a type of alien we never see again, he's kind of insectoid, um, whose name is Jedediah. Oh my. And they call him Jedi for short. Uh-huh. Um, he apparently always wanted to be a Jedi, but he was uh-huh. he was sworn to this family to protect the members of this family. He was like their he's their bodyguard. He's their their, uh, uh, their just protects. He's their their protector, and so he decided to stay with them. He gave up his dream, but when he but and he's getting old, so he's a little funny in the head. But when he yeah. sees that Luke has a lightsaber, he just loses it. He's like, oh my god, you're you know, and and uh, so. The, the, the point of the story is that uh, Luke kind of learns, you know, that, hey, you don't have to really be a Jedi to have that Jedi spirit kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. Jedi ends up sacrificing himself for them. And there's this oh. this unbelievably kind of cool and weird thing at the very end where Luke goes. They, they, they like they, they, they Spock torpedo him out of the ship. Right. Uh, oh. they, 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 there's no Genesis planet around. So he just keeps on going, I assume um and <laughs> luke's is standing on the surface of the, the y-wing i think and huh. standing there in a spacesuit with his lightsaber up like he's on the uh, uh and and he's just saying like, oh yes you yes, were the last panel. jedi yeah. or you're more of a jedi oh, wow. than you and it's just oh god it was so good and see <clears throat> so when i realized that they would let me do that i <laughs> yeah but that's what i want like some you know with all the like live action stuff coming out right disney plus and the movies and all that i can i i wanted to go that weird i mean i always talk about that in our podcast and i'm like yeah it's all good but can you just go weird like i mean you're talking about a renaissance planet i mean to me that's just straight out of like star trek right where you f- find all these planets mm-hmm. and they're just sort of like now you're in a medieval planet mm-hmm. and now you're in this and <laughs> now, um, now we're on a planet where a child has to keep all the cities in the air for some reason exactly uh, i mean 
I mean, it's very definitely very. I mean, Star Trek does it all the time. Uh, uh, Stargate does it also all the time because mm. they're all just inspired. Did by you notice they just gave up stuff. on on explaining why everyone spoke English after like four episodes? I, <laughs> I, I, I it took me a long time to get into Stargate. Oh, it was yeah. like I was like out of franchises. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And, and then I really got into I it. Know. I, 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 it's a, I put it in a slightly different class than Star Wars, Star, yeah. but it's still yeah. yeah. Because like in the movie obvious they're teaching them how to speak yeah, english yeah. and then and they tried to stick with that for a little show. while and then yeah like, and ah. then it's sort of like you know this is not gonna work and they didn't even have they didn't even have like translator microbes or anything i know i know i often think that jose would rather be talking about stargate at any given time and stuff well, no, hey, no, no, i, mean, I talk about podcast. anything you know i'll just jump from every single franchise of something at any point so uh, <laughs> no jose, but it's just like this I kickstarted it. I do not it. have that. I kickstarted it. I, I just got not. it a few months ago. It's uh, oh. it's D twenty based, so it's it's actually That's I think it's based on fifth edition. So, yeah. Okay. I uh, I haven't run anything yet, but you know maybe I'll be in touch. I've been wanting to run yeah, an online I'm, game. I'm... <laughs> so Corey's just showing me there an SG one uh, role playing oh, game. Oh yeah, so this makes uh, great radio, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, and as you all, yeah, that was one of the shows that I binged and well. I binged all of Stargate through the pandemic, so nice, nice. <laughs> it's still pretty fresh in my mind. Um, so, anyways, yes, that's why whenever I get a chance to jump into through Stargate, um, <laughs> then yes, I, I'll, I'll take Universe? that. Um, Universe? Okay, yes. Okay, so no, 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 we'll do uh, another yeah. podcast. No, yes, Stargate oh, Universe. Uh, yes, no, that too. All of it. Yes. All of it. Yes, and you know, I, I, I did enjoy Atlantis a lot. I would, would just be older. It would be yes, okay. Yes, I know. But I mean, I. I, I <laughs> Okay, hold on. Before we move on, I'll but just have to this. say this one thing. With well, hold on, so Stargate Atlantis, Jason Mom- a young Jason Momoa is in Stargate Atlantis, oh, yeah. and at oh, first yeah. I, I was like Ronan with two yeah, O's, but I didn't realize that it was Jason Momoa. I was like, who is this guy who's acting just like Jason Momoa? And I just hadn't paid attention to the credits, and I'm just sort of like, this dude, yeah. And I know this was older, so I'm like, you know, Jason Momoa either stole this guy's look and everything, or something happened. (laughs) And then when I see that this is Jason Momoa, I'm like, oh. I did read that I think after, I think in his second season, because he he joined after uh, uh, Rainbow Franks left, I think. Or or was, was, I'm not sure how he left. Um, But uh, he, uh, I think he said in an interview that he actually he had to cut his hair and like he actually had to cut off his dreads for either a role or they were just getting too heavy or something like that. So for like, after that point, he's wearing a wig, uh, for the whole whole rest of the show. Wow. But, um, uh, I'm sure Trevor's really enjoying this stuff. So, uh, okay. So I'm going to rein it in. I'm going to drag it back. (laughs) Um, I I do want to ask about the, about the Marvel influences Mm -hmm. again. So Mm -hmm. yes, the, the wizards core game, I always find it kind of not sterner, but more serious in tone than West End games. How did your colleagues view these Planet Hopper articles? Did they think you just lost the plot? Honestly, they, were they like, "What is he doing?" <laughs> I mean, they, they kept hiring me. I mean, I it, it's weird. I almost all of this was was without real face to face contact. I mean, it, it was all over uh, email, you know, because this was two thousand three. We didn't have Facebook or social media or anything. Um, and it certainly didn't have Zoom. It's also the first time you really had digital oh, add-on content yeah, for these. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. You know, I um, I told you I, I still get royalty checks from Wizards. Um, when we signed our book contracts, they were one. Of, it was they were one of the first people to put in ebook uh, uh, sections of the contract. 
to ensure that when uh, books went, when the books were digitally published, you'd still get the same amount of royalties. And a lot of people had weren't doing that, but that's why I still get Ravnica checks because <laughs> the eBooks are still available. <laughs> so, um, uh, but sorry, that's the, that's the side point. They, I mean, I, I, I think, I hope uh, they enjoyed it. I mean, they weren't all, I know I, I tend to write, I tend to lean toward the comedic when I'm writing. I, I kind of can't help myself. Um, but like I think you pointed out on that other episode, some of them do get a little dark. I don't know what the hell I was thinking with the Kessel episode. That was really dark. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I might have been going through some stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm not entirely sure how how they how they felt about them, but I mean, I I sure enjoyed getting to do them, and I uh, uh, honestly, even if I was only doing them for myself, I'm happy that they got that they uh, that they got written and that they they appear somewhere. I want to say Owen and I talked about it a bit, but God, because there was nobody, there was nobody else sort of really referencing the Marvel comics. You know, there was no Lumaya wasn't back in the novels. There wasn't the right. oh, Jackson resurgence that we've seen over the last few years. <laughs> um, in my mind. So, like you said, that you know Leyland's had to run through all that. Did at any time you have any sort of conversation with Leyland where he went, you know, no one else is doing this because the Marvel comics they were kind of forbidden territory for authors for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no pushback about, you know, expanding. Well, that's, on any of that's that? what I mean. This was this was kind of these decisions had just started being made of bringing of, of letting this stuff in. You know, um, the uh, uh, you know I, I told them you know I I love the Marvel series. I want to incorporate as much of it into this as I can. I'm gonna. I mean, my my mission. I I, I told you to tell me my mission was just to to canonize as much of the Marvel comics as I could. <laughs> <laughs> was just until they until they made me stop. Um, and uh well i mean you got to give shira Bree some more right. backstory I, well if that's how you want to say it um, you, you brought uh <laughs> you brought pliff you, you managed to write for pliff which yeah. again is incredible uh, uh, i have to explain did you see the hoodrums uh... did you see the hoodrums yep. of boba fett <laughs> yep ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i just my heart almost stopped when i was like no don't hurt him don't hurt him uh, he's smart um yeah after that yeah, uh, Pliff, Hujibs. Um, I wanted a Hujib Jedi so bad. <laughs> I don't think they would actually let me do that. Um, but I, I it really, I just, I, I was writing video game stuff during the day, and and I hardly ever had to go into an office, so I, it felt kind of like I was freelancing everything. And um, because of that, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really get a lot of assignments. It was more just we know we're going to need these. Pitch us something. So yeah, I really honestly just. I just looked at those Marvel comics. I said, which ones are my favorites? Which ones do I want to make sure people know about? Um, putting those little little boxes in there with the covers and stuff, and talking about the that, that was that was right after the uh, long time ago collections had come out. So okay, uh, yeah, gave me an yeah. excuse to push those. The fact that Dark Horse published those, I think, was the thing that technically, like, I think that was how they were able to hand wave it being sort of semi canonical. Yeah, now that, because that was a big the deal. official publisher, big deal the current trades. official publisher, has published the. And then, then Marvel got it back, and and uh, uh, I have somewhere I have that uh, that uh, new Marvel Star Wars number one cover with Jackson on it. And oh, by the oh, way, yeah. I say Jackson. I don't say Jackson. <laughs> Everybody else says Jackson. It's like, it never occurred to me that's how you would pronounce it. Again, it's it's J A X X O N. And and you know, but as I as I got older, I realized that. Oh, like that, like X. No, saw the Karate Kid. Jackson, Jax, yeah, Jackson. That's frozen. Yeah, there he is, Jackson. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, I was one of my one of my only real regrets. Somebody had already done uh, a Duba three, 
for uh yes for um, a gamer magazine yeah yeah i i wrote some yeah. stuff for gamer i got to do some interviews for them uh that was that was i was interviewing them or an insider when they were publishing insider that's who i was interviewing peter mayhew for and yeah. um uh, i interviewed anthony daniels like and i don't think we actually oh. used that much of it i just he was at gen con and i just i was working there you know i was working the floor and i just asked him hey i'm you know would it be cool to just get a little time with you and stuff and and yeah we just did a little somewhere i've got a tiny little micro cassette of me talking to him. and i've got a picture of me and anthony daniels where i think i'm the skinniest i've ever been in my life it's a great picture i'll have to find it um <laughs> but the uh that that was um gamer was a way that we they started you know introducing that stuff and and once that got out there i felt a lot freer to suggest more crazy marvel stuff like if 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 i'd been able to stay with it if i had been able to handle the the deadlines and the life stuff and all those other things that were going on i i and gotten through that keshik one like i i wanted to do uh do you remember the planet surfidian i think it was called it was it was uh, from a one shot. I, I remember I, the comic name, Sophidian yeah. Eyes. It, it was one of those one shots that came along like in the middle of a massive plot development where like suddenly everything was normal and then with no explanation. And so I uh uh it was the one with the lizard people and and, yeah. and also had a who who also had a weirdly medieval renaissance yes. uh, Shakespearean looking kind of world. Yes. But I really wanted to do that planet and I never got a chance to do them. I really wanted to do Drexel, the the that mm. first, oh, the the water, first see, that's, water planet. That's one of my first comic memories. Yeah, Crimson that, Jack. Water Did you see they brought, Crimson Jack. they brought Crimson Jack back into canon? Yep. Yep. I haven't they seen have, They haven't brought um, <laughs> the Dragon Riders yet, but yeah. you know that's that was one of my first, that's one of my first comic memories in general. Because I think that was published in, they did these like hardback Christmas annuals, you know, stocking mm -hmm. fillers over here in the UK. Uh -huh. And I think that comic strip was That's in the that thing one. I wanted but, to ask you about. I know in the UK yes. there were a lot of extra comics published, right? Because it was weekly? There, there were a few, I've yeah, a, there I've were a few. I've got a paperback somewhere that actually compiles a story that was only in the UK. It was, uh, it was where they, the, they, they were in a blockade runner and they crashed in lava and it like solidified and Luke had to like dig world, them out world of his of lightsaber. Fire. Yeah, World, world Fuck, of Fire. But all of that story. stuff, <laughs> all of that stuff has now been reprinted yeah. in, I think the long time ago stuff yeah. covered it. If, if not, they were in, no, they were in the Wild Space the, Omnibuses from Dark Horse. The, the addition of oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, hold on. I know, I know it's great radio, but just trust me. Uh, <laughs> okay, this is, uh, see, I got this as a, at a library book sale. This is the paperback version of the Empire adaptation. Yes. Right? But, check this out. They called it Star Wars 2. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, and I can't I believe love that cover. Isn't that cover amazing? That's I've fantastic. never seen one of them in the flesh. Yeah. I, I, wow. I know it exists, but I've never seen it in the flesh. I've taken very, very good care of it. I love how the two is also just kind of like floating to the side it's of just it. Yeah, yeah, it's just not in <laughs> And then, and, and uh, you have all the characters that you love, including oh. uh, a lady that you've never met before. But her name is oh, either man. Mickey or Micey or Missy, or I'm not really sure. She doesn't actually make it through the story, but C-3PO is so buff in this. Armin and Tino are really do really Is he like the power of a force figure from a nineties? Yeah, I have no idea where you can even find this. Like I said, I've I've had this since since I bought it uh, since eighty two. Yeah, I know. Wow. I'll have to when you know whenever I go to a used bookstore, I'm just gonna have to go find that because that looks fantastic. Yeah. I love that cover. Scholastic <laughs> books, man. If you so, were uh, in Scholastic so we, books in that era. <laughs> 
So we spoke about which planets you didn't get mm-hmm. to write about, but which which one article was absolutely your favorite to work on? Or that you maybe you couldn't uh, believe that they're so, letting you write. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna, I have to actually. Look or just at the has list. good memories in general. I yeah. actually have to look at the list. Give me one second, because I, um, I, I mean, my knee jerk thing, the knee jerk answer is is Bespin, of course. But I was looking through, I was reading back through some of these, and I really like, I mean, I, do you ever go back and read your own stuff, like, after it's been so long, you can't even remember doing it, and you're like, hey, that's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've been rereading them. I, uh, uh, I, the Action Tidings one was, was really fun. It's, uh, that one and Adamar are, are really up there for me. I also, I'm really proud of, of the Hoth one, because it's, the whole thing is Wedge bullshitting his yeah. his new recruits <laughs> because what? that issue was so bonkers and made no sense in any kind of continuity otherwise and i and referenced it, it, that in the adamar one too <laughs> yeah so you bet you basically fixed a continuity issue that's what the no prize is all about the, <laughs> you know, the, the no prize is not for finding a mistake the no prize is for finding something that looks like a mistake and explaining why it's not uh, <laughs> that's how you get a no price <laughs> so so this takes us nicely into we do a segment on the show called batshit crazy book of a week I, now, yes I've, I've been enjoying that so we do have a surprise for you so ever since I've revisited these and I read Action Titans and you wrote Ars Fivel the Ugnall as Irish correct? I I wrote him as David Michelini wrote him as best I could yeah, okay, okay. and I I I I, uh, uh, I I want to be careful. To take I was I think I was doing an Irish accent yeah. as best I could <laughs> at the time. And, I don't know if I could even necessarily pick a Scottish, Welsh, or Irish accent out of a lineup. <laughs> I was doing my best. Yes. Well, it, we've got an Irish member on the team, an Irish colleague, and we've also got another colleague who does a fairly good Lando impression. Oh, nice! So, um, so we've asked these guys to. Oh, Recreate the script <laughs> of, the, of the Action Titans documentary interview between Ars Fivor and Lando Calrissian, oh, and uh, yeah, take a take a listen. So well, so yeah, this segment is combining, I guess, oh. Oh, oh. Batshit Crazy and our uh, bedside story. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. It's a combination of the two. So so double segment into one. Okay. All okay. Right, take it away. Let's go. Climb up. Welcome to the Morning Quarter, Mr. Baron Administrator, and thank you for providing this interview. On behalf of all the Ugnaught's population of Bespin, may I extend me heartiest congratulations on your new position. <laughs> thanks. Please, just call me Ars. Uh, Ars? Ah, ha ha ha! Close enough, Mr. Baron Administrator. Please, call me Mr. Calrissian, you know, Lando if you prefer. Baron Administrator? <laughs> That's quite a mouthful. Here's an exclusive for you. The first citizen that comes up with a better title gets to lead the Miners Guild. <laughs> that was a bad joke. Uh, a bad one, obviously. Uh, tell you what, why don't I let you start? Oi! Thank you. Now I'm proud of what we do here at Action Tidings. But if I may be more frank, then me producers appreciate. What made you decide to give your first public interview to the smallest news service? On Bespin. <laughs> you sell yourself short. Action Tidings. Yeah, maybe the smallest news service on Bespin, but it's also the largest, some might say, only news service that specifically targets Ugnats. And that's why I'm here. From what I've learned in a few short days as Baron Administrator, your people have not always been treated well by the rulers of Cloud City. Aye, 
The wages he earned, it's a well known fact that our ancestors are still technically slaves, bought by Fig when they arrived. Exactly, and Fig, correct me if I'm wrong, is respected and admired by many Ugnats. Ah, without the first high human eye, the tribes will likely have found themselves split on rocks on a hut slave planet. But he bought you, and he's a hero to many Ugnats, so I can imagine how badly some other administrators have treated your people. I want to speak directly to the three tribes. As many individual Ugnots as I can, I tell you all that, despite what you have heard, I have no intention of turning the city into a de facto slave camp, like some of my predecessors. In fact, I have a private conference with the leaders of the Union later today, and we're going to talk about Ugnot concerns. Well, that's good to hear. But, any tidbits or information for our viewers as to the details and would that be showing your hand now, would it, Mr. Calrissian? I'll admit, showing my hand is not my usual style, but uh, in this case, I'm happy to share my plans. First, I want to raise the wages across the board for city employees, but I aim to double the wages of the Ugnot workers. What? Double? Laddie? Oh, Mr. Calrissian, you make me wish I'd gone back into engineering. <laughs> it's my hope that by raising the income of union members, the overall wealth of the Ugnot population will increase as well. <laughs> From what I understand, seven adult Ugnots out of ten are in union, present company accepted. Uh, don't worry about me, Mr. Calrissian. Me mate there, party. By the law, he's in the union, see. So anyway, you said force. I take you have for the plans now, do you? Indeed. Credits don't appear from thin air, so that increase in wages is going to have to be balanced out. That means we can't stop looking the other way at refineries. Refineries, you say, do you? <laughs> Maybe I should have saved this one for my meeting with Oz. But like I said, I want to reach all Ugnots so they can see how this part of my plan makes sense. The Ugnots are still running a couple of small independent refineries on the surface. I've talked with the XX and Parliament and... Uh, They've agreed to pull my wage increase as long as the banner refining stops entirely. Huh. You'll meet resistance on that one, I think. You mark my words. <laughs> Maybe. But I didn't get where I am without taking the odd chance now and then. <laughs> uh, but there it is. I look at it this way. Refining Tabana gas on the surface just doesn't make good business sense for the Union or Cloud City. Instead, we've already begun plans for a dozen new refineries in the city that will, as I mentioned, be paying the Ugnot workers double what they've been earning. My hope, and it's obviously not a secret, is that those conducting inefficient mining and refining on the surface will move to the city willingly. It is possible. I wish you luck. But I can tell by the smile on Party's face that he's already counting those extra credits. So what other surprises would you like to spring on our unsuspecting public, Mr. Calrissian? <laughs> surprises? I certainly hope it won't surprise you or your viewers by this point that I want to increase production and efficiency throughout the city. But not so much that we begin to draw attention from the Empire. So, you have no love for the Empire then, I see. <laughs> you might say that. You also might say that I have no love for the way the Empire does business, and nothing but respect and admiration for this city and the way it does business. Not that efficiency is everything. Some mighty bad deals have been made in the name of efficiency. But don't worry, I can smell a bad deal a parsec away. That's what made me the card player I am. 
and that's one way I intend to keep things running smoothly here. Call it the Lando system. Oi! Maybe they'll catch on. Now, as you may know, rumors about you, Mr. Carizian. Furthest deck segment. I like you to address them. Clear the air, if you will, so to speak. Go right ahead. I'll do what I can to dispel the negative and reinforce the complimentary. So, is it true you won your position in a sabak match against Baron Raynor? How could I deny that after everything else I've said? <laughs> true, not a rumor at all, but I won't tell you what my hand was. Ha <laughs> ha very good Mr. Calrissian, keeping your cards close to your chest. So anyway, what about the battle of Tanab, according to reports? I know what I just said, but let's skip that one. I was just lucky and in the right place at the right time. Okay, moving on so. So, is it true you're planning on abolishing the laws of citizenship? <laughs> what? Where did you hear? No, nothing of that sort. For one, I am not the only one in charge. The XX and Parliament would never allow that, to say nothing of the guilds. Second, I've actually already accepted citizenship myself. Ah, welcome then, new citizen. We've also heard you've been carrying on a long-running relationship with the Queen of Drada. Any chance we'd be seeing her visiting our fair city? <laughs> Funny. I somehow assumed these rumors were all about what I plan to do as Baron Administrator. Sorry, Arse. No comment. Read into that what you will. And there you have it. Star Wars Archives' premier <laughs> audio <laughs> drama. <laughs> So, Corey, what did, what did you think of that? Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> that was oh, that oh, is man. that was so much fun. I I am I am just I, well, I'm I'm extremely just ridiculously honored that anyone even wanted to do that. But wow, <laughs> that was that was really fun. Also, I had, I busted myself up because I'd totally forgotten about the Lando system joke. That was good. Well, and, and I was, and that, that does predate the Dennis system by like I don't know ten years. Um, so I no, sorry, that's never mind. That's another thing. Always Sunny. Do you guys ever watch? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yes. Of okay. Yeah. So Dennis system. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because of the implication. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole other. Let's not get into. That. <laughs> let's not make Lando like Dennis, no, okay? I mean, no, that's... no, no, no. But it was funny. I, thought, I, I'm remembering now. Was I when I was talking about him and the Queen? Was that? Remember, there was another. There was a Lando one shot that was like a Flash Gordon comic. Um, Trevor, do you, it was. It was. Um, it was in. Was that from? I want to say had... it was maybe even post Jedi. And the art was like really stylized and different. Um, and like all the women in it were like pinup models. And there were these <laughs> flying, like, uh, they, they were kind of like swoops, but they, they actually look a lot like the um, the uh, bonus uh, pre order uh, 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 mount in Swotor. Um, it's, it's, it's not ringing any bells yeah. right now, but it, it was, it was another one exist. of those that was like, oh my. What's gonna happen next with the with the Nagai? And then it's like, oh, here's Lando in a story we clearly wrote before Jedi came out. <laughs> <laughs> but but also the way you tied in um, the history of him winning the winning Cloud City and the history of Cloud City and all of that stuff was, you know, you drew all that from what was already there. It was it, it just fits. There's and that's what's so great about these articles for me is that 
everything was done with respect for the material that you were drawing from and just enhancing it in some way. Even the blatantly comedic ones are set in a situation like the Starfighters of Anima one that allows the comedy to shine mm. through mm-hmm. because it's just four mates sat around taking a piss out of each other while they reminisce on things that happened five years that was ago. so much fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed rereading that one a bit too. Um, and the, uh, the, oh man, God, I made Jansen a, 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 just a, a, a knob in that, but, um, but a fun knob. Um, but, hey, he died on Hoth, didn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh God, that was really traumatic. It's like 11, seeing like dead Jansen there. It was like, it was way more blood than was usually in Star Wars comics at the time. Um, but it's okay. He was fine. It was all, it was all a story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all right. Well, uh, Corey, um, you know, we're running out of time here. So before we finish up, is there anything you'd like to, you know, for our listeners to like check out any projects that you have that you um, know, upcoming projects hmm. or anything that you're that you're on that uh well i'm share. let's see i've let's see well a couple most of the games i've worked on aren't online anymore um so yeah you can't play wild star you can't i'm hmm. see I'm, I'm working on a contract right now for uh, a yeah. company called uh, reflector um and so I'm, I'm working on a uh writing a video game um but i can't really say much more about it right now because it's all very right. under wraps it's, it's not star wars or anything like that um yes. i uh, i mean i would love to to get back into that again at some <laughs> point um but i just in terms of star wars i um one thing that i really enjoyed the hell out of lately I, I say lately it's been a couple of years now i think um that first uh certain point of view book mm-hmm. um yeah. was yeah. such a kick and like something that if i was still at lots here in that sphere i would have just fought tooth and nail to get into um yeah i really especially like uh i have a friend of mine who is a very talented writer named madeline rue um she wrote the story about leia's mother uh, or Leia's adoption, the, Ald- okay. the Alderaan yeah. story, mm-hmm. which I just thought was freaking yeah. heartbreaking. Um, so uh, that's my that's my recommendation. If anyone hasn't checked out uh, the the A New Hope edition of A Certain Point of View, I haven't seen the Empire one yet. Um, and if you check out nothing else, check out that Alderaan story. Although I think they're all really good. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, the God, why can't I remember the name of the the Mapleroy, uh, Gar- Griffin Griffin Mapleroy wrote a a story about a Jawa from a Jawa point of view that was also mm-hmm. really yes. really cool. I really like that. The, um, the the audiobook of that is also really cool too. And you have John Hamm voices Boba Fett. Shut and the like front like door, too, really? So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So does he try to do a little audio... does he try to do a little Kiwi or does he uh does he give it the no, does he give it the old school it, it, Boba Fett voice? Yeah, it's just I mean it's John Hamm. Yeah. You can you, you can tell it's John Hamm. Um but yeah, the audiobooks for both the Empire and that one are really good and really fun because they just bring people like that. They haven't done a Jedi voice. one yet, like, have they? No, not no, because they're timed into the fortieth anniversary, so oh, hopefully right, that'll right, get okay. announced for next year. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I think that thank let's you so just much, guys. Go this over... is so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. No, thank thank you so much for giving us so much time, some of your your time today. <laughs> um, this was a blast, and I mean, you know, we'll have to have you on at some other time to talk about. Anytime you guys want to talk like, <laughs> toys, want to talk just like, like, did you know that that. C3PO and R2D2 once taught you about space. I used oh, to have that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the. Right. Yeah, look, they're on. They're on Mars. 
How is that Han Solo? <laughs> Next Fantastic. thing you know, Indiana Jones is going to find Han Solo's skeleton somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, All right. And on well, that note, yeah, Corey. No. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much again. And, uh, you know, let's um, let's. I'm going to do this quick because I think we have one minute left here on the, on the recording thing. So if for some reason you haven't yet, make sure to join our Discord. Go to utini.com slash Discord, and you can talk about everything you heard about today. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at, at uh, djoxy. Uh, Trev, who's, who are you on Twitter? <laughs> so I'm at Davey Todd on Twitter. And Corey, where can people find you if they want to find out I more? am at Hernco almost everywhere. Uh, that's H-E-R-N. Uh, C-O. Um, so on Twitter, Instagram, uh, I don't think I'm anything on Facebook, actually. But yeah, that's, that's uh, <laughs> I, I, I post on Twitter. Oh, and uh, I, I post on Reddit, too, sometimes, uh, where I am Hellizard, uh, H-E-L-L-I-Z-A-R-D. It's short for Helmet Lizard, which is... Sounds funny, but is actually what uh, Cory Thesaurus means in English. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> thank you, Trev, and thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making this show possible. Uh, a special, very, very special thanks to Corey here for joining us today. This was really like fantastic. And of course, thank you, listeners, for continuing to hear us talk about anything and everything Star Wars. And with that, I can now say, Radio out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.